What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver and Gig Economy News, presented by UberLiftDrivers.com, RidesharRodeo.com. I'm your host, SJ, and let's get it on. So the news is still um, pretty buried until the election next week. Uh, you know, AB, if you know, you type in Uber, Lyft, Gig, um, Gig Economy, you know, Rideshare, whatever you type in that relates to any of the gig industries, you're going to see AB5, AB2257, Prop 22. That's that's pretty much the news that's burying everything. There's some little stories here and there, but. Um, you know, I've been really having to dig for stuff that we populate on the website, uberliftdrivers.com because, you know, you got to find some creative searching and, and you got to, you know, we got to really dig into the stories because right now front and center is just what's going on before the election, just like it is with everything, not just gig. I mean, you can't turn on the TV without the news and ads and, you know, it being political. So everything's political till next week. And then finally we all get a deep breath moment. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, I'm kind of looking forward for, you know, to seeing this get passed and, or, or getting past this whole election period. Um, and seeing, you know, we'll, we'll deal with the results. Obviously we'll deal with the results as they come and, uh, how they affect each person is a little bit different, obviously. And that's why, um, people sit on, on different perspectives of everything, you know, but we always, uh, we always adapt. So regardless, you know, if, if something next week is a win for you or if it's a loss for you, we'll still adapt. We'll still, we'll still get through it. You know, it's what it is. Um, but, uh, everybody get out there and vote, you know, whichever way you're voting, um, California, get out there and vote as it relates to gig and all that. Um, I don't need to get into the details. You can go to our, you can go to past episodes and, and listen to all kinds of stuff um, on the nature of AB5, 2257, uh, Prop 22, and hear different perspectives too. It's not just, you know, we're not one sided here on Rideshare Rodeo at all. Um, in fact, you know, obviously I have opinions, but, and you've, if you've, if, if like many of you, you've been listening for a while, you probably have, have picked up on, um, some of my opinions, but you might see, you might've learned that, you know, oh, oh, he, he leans this way with this or, but wow, he's this way with this. That's why I call myself a true independent voter too, because everything I feel is just how I feel. I'm not, I'm not party affiliated. I'm not down, I'm not down a line on something black and white. You know, I, I believe in the shades of gray thing, you know, that, that it's not just black and white and you really have to look into everybody and everything. Um, but get out there and vote. Make sure if you haven't voted, make sure you do vote, you know, regardless of what you're voting, get out there and vote. You know, um, it's, it's not, it's not just a, it's not just a right. It's, it's, it is a duty, you know, and a right. It's a duty and a right. So, so do it. You know, it's, it's easy. Get it done. Um, if you feel like you need to do a little more research, get it done. You know, if you don't want to do it on the computer, talk to some people that you trust, whatever, whatever it is, but don't just turn on the news and try and last minute vote, or at least I would suggest, you know, like, 
you know, think about it in your own head for a little bit. Don't, don't let the news get all up in you. And, you know, we all know that, you know, you can, you can find news that's going to lean your way if you want to find it. So, um, that said, uh, I am very excited to, uh, bring, uh, Joel Shapiro on the podcast this week and from dumpling. And we're going to just jump right into that and I'll come back on the other side. Joel, are you there? I'm here. All right, so we have uh, Joel Shapiro from uh, Dumpling, co-CEO, co-founder. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people who listen to the podcast and visit our website um, are very familiar with Dumpling. Um, if they haven't used it, they're at least familiar. We do we, we repost a lot of stories on Dumpling, and we, you know, we've talked about Dumpling a few times, and... Uh, it's hopefully I'm going to, we're going to get across to people today why this model. And I, I agree with this too, is so much better and why it's really what people in the rideshare and Instacart game think they're already kind of are as their own boss, but it really allows that true entrepreneurship of being a real boss. So with Instacart, I think that most people are familiar that the, you know, the platform, we don't need to get into all the details of, of how it manipulates or whatnot, but it it basically does what Uber and Lyft do. And it's a very dynamic um, pricing, and which means to the shoppers, it's very dynamic on what they're going to receive. I mean, I've seen everything... Everything I used, all the all the major posts we used to see about Uber, sometimes going up to sixty plus percent of the take. We've seen that now with Instacart as well, and and uh, I know you guys don't do that. But before we get into the meat of it, can you can you just quick tell us like how you got into this and why you got into this? Sure, of course. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. You know, we uh, when we first started Dumpling a little over three years ago, uh, we were somewhat of a, a glass door for the working class, and so we, uh, you know, we didn't have aspirations and weren't thinking we were going to go into the uh, the gig economy or, or grocery delivery. Uh, really, what we were trying to do was to help kind of uncover uh, what it's like, you know, to work for a lot of the companies. Um, you know, as an hourly worker in retail, um, and really focus in on a lot of the things that that are important from that area. You know, as opposed to a lot of things that Glassdoor covers with uh, compensation and how does the CEO treat you and, and things like that. And uh, what what quickly became apparent, um, and what we weren't expecting, was that thousands of gig workers from across the country uh, started to use our site and start to share stories about really what it's like to be a gig worker. Um, and so I think, up, you know, this was three, four years ago, uh, it really wasn't well known and well documented just how um, poorly and exploited workers in the gig economy were really treated. I think if you were outside of that and you weren't a worker, you really just saw kind of the convenience that brought you. And uh, you could now, you know, get rides anywhere. You could get grocery delivery anytime you wanted. But there was kind of this hidden underbelly uh, of the entire gig economy. And so really that's, that's kind of the first time when, that we really started to take a closer look. And, and so we really started to dive in and double click. And, and some of the stories that we were hearing, um, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of it was these black box pay algorithms of not really knowing how much you were going to get paid. Um, 
clearly a lot of the pay was being reduced, you know, 30% at a time, kind of sometimes weeks after weeks. Uh, and then there was a lot of other issues um, where where their people, workers were really being exploited and, and treated unfairly. And so we started really kind of just diving in and double-clicking. So I became an Instacart shopper. Uh, my co-founder as well um, became, you know, worked a bunch of the different apps. And I think really quickly learned firsthand just kind of what workers were up against uh, in this fast-growing uh, in this fast-growing section of the economy. And, um, and really that was the beginning of starting to realize just how stacked the cards are against workers and just how much these companies that are building incredible amounts of wealth uh, for their founders, their investors, for their employees are really being successful at the expense of workers who are living paycheck to paycheck. And, uh, and really it was kind of through this journey of working with you know, hundreds of Instacart shoppers, thousands of Instacart shoppers to really better understand and document what was going on, uh, that we really started to see, you know, is there a better way to do this? If the entire gig economy is flawed and kind of built on this on this model, um, and at the same time, we know there's a huge opportunity uh, and a lot of value that could be created in this in this industry, is there a different way to do it so that the people that are doing, you know, the vast amount of the work, the shoppers and the drivers uh, that are responsible for the industry being so successful, can they capture, I think, a greater amount of the value that's being generated and do so in a way that's really fair and compensates them? And at the same time, can we also address a lot of the, the issues that came up with kind of this on-demand model where clients also could see a huge improvement in the types of services they were doing. And so and didn't originally start this way, but through spending a lot of time with shoppers, uh, spending a lot of time just understanding the gig model, um, we just we, we looked at it and we said, you know, we think there's a better way. And, uh, and that's really where we started with Dumpling. And, and the focus really was, and what we learned was, um, you know, if we can provide workers with a way to build their own business, uh, and to truly be independent and business owners uh, so that they can really work with the clients that they want to work with, you know, charge the amount of money that they feel is fair for the, uh, for the work they're doing, and ultimately be rewarded with the kind of the customer service and the value that they provide for their clients. Um, we think that, that that's a much better way. And so that's where we started and, uh, and have been doing that now for about three years. So, I mean... And I've, I've, I, I know I've talked to a lot of people who have worked both platforms and just, I mean, we're referring to grocery space, Instacart and Dumpling. And uh, I know that, I mean, every, every one of them really doesn't have anything bad to say about the Dumpling platform. You guys, you guys do what a lot, you know, what we all kind of hoped. I've been doing rideshare for six years and, uh, you know, back then, even like it was more of a, you knew that you were keeping a piece of, of it, like 80 or 90%, at least, you know, I mean, and it was a lot more money. Maybe there was, they were keeping more than that and saying that, but at the same time, it was a lot more money that the drivers were keeping. Um, but I know with you guys, it's pretty straightforward and simple. I mean, you guys are taking a platform fee of 5%. I mean, that's, which is more than fair. Um, and it's, it, nothing seems to be dynamic here because it's their business. Yeah, no, appreciate you saying that. And I think one of our philosophies from the very beginning has been transparency 
and we're just really being transparent and allowing people to understand where the money is going. And I think that that's one of the things that, that we saw as so much of a challenge and a hurdle for workers in the gig economy was that, you know, people not really, if you can make the pay algorithms opaque and you can kind of charge and mark up products, whether it's for restaurants or whether it's for groceries, so that customers don't even know that they might be paying 15, 20% more for an item if they, than if they went to the restaurant or if they went to the grocery store themselves. Um, it really creates a lot of confusion and it also creates uh, opportunity to play around with and change the numbers without anyone even knowing. And so we really felt that it was incredibly important to be as crystal clear and transparent as possible to say, hey, here's exactly where the money goes in the system. As a client, you should know what's going to your worker uh, for shopping and communicating with you and delivering uh, the things. You should know what's going to the actual store or restaurant. And you should also know what's going to the, the platform, in our case, Dumpling, you know, for, for creating this. And um, and so that that was really kind of been a guiding light for us. And, you know, early on, some of the biggest things that we saw, the challenges with the, with the gig economy, uh, was this kind of idea of tips and tips stealing and disappearing? And is it really a tip that's going to a shopper or is it a tip that's just going to kind of the coffers of the app companies? And so I think when, you know, when you, when you decide that you're going to be transparent and, and, and go all in on that, you really need to do it all the way around. And we found it to be a very, uh, a good model. I think it really helps business owners understand kind of how to price their services, how to sell their services to their to their customers so their customers feel like good knowing okay this is the money you're doing the work you're the one i'm interacting with and it, it feels good knowing that it's supporting a local business owner and it's making them successful versus kind of randomly going into uh, a different company that they're not aware of so when you're talking that's when you're talking about the shoppers so they they set their own prices um hundred percent of tips um, I also saw that the earnings are deposited after each order. Um, so all of this combined, like the for the people listening, I think a lot of you know gig economy workers, we all know what the tips thing is, but and maybe you don't even have a good response to this because I don't. But when you say 100% of tips, I've been in the service industry outside of rideshare. I've been a bartender, a bar owner. Um, I've been through all of things that include tips. To me, when I see that, it's like it always should be 100% of the tips. <laughs> you, you would think, right? It, it's somehow amazing sometimes how things work out where you actually now have to justify that the the tips actually go to the person that's being tipped. Uh, but, yeah, no, that, that's that's exactly right. Um, you know, just maybe to take a step back on, on really, you know, one of the things that was eye-opening for us, you know, before we decided to get into uh, really building a platform that allowed people to, to easily start a business. Because it's, it's not easy to decide, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to take this personal grocery shopping and I'm going to create a business because there's just so many things obviously that go into it that, that quite frankly are handled for you when you're an independent contractor working for one of these app companies. Right, and, uh, and so what, what we saw though is in talking to a lot of uh, shoppers early on was that and what we learned was, and we, you know, we we're talking to hundreds of shoppers, uh, and, and these were experienced shoppers that had been doing it with Instacart for years at the time or with other platforms, was that they loved shopping. 
you know, and they're really good at it. And they love meeting and supporting and helping the people in their community. Um, and at the same time, the experience of working for a app company where your pay can change kind of at the blink of an eye or without even knowing, uh, or you're constantly being like, you know, forced to take maybe uh, like industrial orders of 50 pound bags of sugar and things like that. And if you don't, you have the constant fear of being deactivated was that while they love shopping, the hardest thing um, about it was working for these app companies. Um, I think the other thing that we learned that was really an eye opener for us and, and really the piece of the puzzle where we said, hey, we think there's a better way. And, and, you know, obviously for this to be successful, it has to be better for the customers too. It can't just be a better platform for the shoppers or the business owners because at the end of the day, the clients and the customers are the ones that are injecting money into the overall system. So it, it needs to be a better solution for them. And, and what we heard from a lot of these really good shoppers was I'm constantly being asked. How do I get you next time? You did such a good job. Uh, the way you communicated with me, the way that you picked my produce, you know, the way that you did uh, replacements, it was night and day um, from experiences I've had with random people before. And it would be great to be able to have you next time. And, um, and so what that tells you is while the companies really are trying to kind of anonymize the worker and get it to a point where they're just kind of it's the same experience every time and they're just a cog in the overall machine is that the person really matters. And that at the end of the day is really kind of the fundamental belief that we're building dumpling on is that the person matters. And when you're purchasing food for a family, when you're shopping for people and delivering to their home, food is personal and, and the experience that the individual person provides to the customer makes all the difference in the world. And so, you know, when we ask people, um, early on, and this was probably you know, early 2018, well, why don't you say yes? Uh, the overall answer that came back was, I'd love to, but I just don't have the money to front two to $300 for an order. Uh, and what if I get multiple orders and multiple customers? There's no way I can do that. And, and so that's, that's really where it all started was saying, you know, what if we could actually give you kind of a, a micro loan to be able to go and purchase the, the groceries for your customer so that you didn't have to worry about fronting it? Uh, how would that work for you? And, and so that that's really where it started is, you know, being able to actually get credit cards and, and funding and, and when an order comes in, being able to, to, to loan that money out. And so we started with a small group of shoppers um, early on and, and uh, kind of gave them those credit cards and that funding. And uh, it was amazing. It was amazing to see when, you know, when people said, you know, Matthew Tellis, who was on your show, uh, you know, a while back, yeah. Matt, you're, you're an amazing shopper. You're, you're, you're great. I'd love to, I'd love for you to be my shopper next time. And he could actually say yes. And, uh, and so we worked with a, a small group of shoppers, um, really at the beginning, it was all about funding. Um, but then what we quickly realized was, is while the funding allowed people to be successful and certainly we saw just, you know, really early on success from these great shoppers was there, there needs to be a lot more too. Uh, and so how do I actually take orders from my customers? Um, and how do they feel good about putting their credit card down and knowing that it's actually secure? Uh, and then having, like you said, that money be deposited into my bank account uh, after the orders and complete. And so we quickly started adding more and more onto that platform to support the, uh, the credit card and the funding with, you know, a, a safe and secure way for them to, for their clients to be able to, to pay for their orders. Um, we started creating, well, how do you promote your business? 
Uh, and so we started creating websites for business owners so that they could kind of share, you know, more information about themselves and, and how they shop and what stores they go to. Um, and then, you know, they just kind of really built from there. Uh, and, you know, a, a lot of clients were, were really familiar and had grown accustomed to that really nice shopping experience to be able to build their grocery lists and that a lot of the on-demand apps have. And so that was another big focus for us is to create a customer-facing app that made it really easy for for customers to be able to build their grocery list and communicate and share that with their shopper. And so we really, over time, just kind of kept on uh, adding more and more uh, features to our platform that allowed business owners to be successful. And so, you know, two and a half, three years later, uh, we have well over 2,000 uh, business owners across the United States in all 50, in all 50 states. Uh, and it's just been really cool to see, you know, when you can give technology uh, to aid the person that's doing the work, that's pouring their heart and soul into building this business and giving their customers just a great experience and, and wonderful customer service to see their businesses really start to thrive. Uh, and, um, and that's just been, that's been the best part about this is to see that the hard work that they do um, really pay off for them in a way that allows them to build a book of repeat clients and get referrals. Um, and at the end of the day, kind of the way that we measure ourselves is if our business owners can be get more money in their pocket and earn more money, then we know as a platform and a company we're going to be successful. So our North Star is is really earnings and success of our business owners, and it's uh, it's been great to see them kind of uh, really really be successful in that limelight. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and the fact of just like you like we've mentioned a couple times in here, the transparency too. The the transparency in most gig companies is, or we, I should say, app app-based gig companies because there's a big difference too between other gig workers who work outside of the apps but um the transparency thing is huge and it's gone from all the other app companies i mean they're they still provide you receipts but it's almost like you you don't even want to look because yeah. you're going to see how much they took and that's even if the receipt's honest i mean who knows i mean <laughs> you know I, I don't i would i would hate to be the person who ever had to audit uber or something <laughs> you know, or Instacart and see yeah. if these tips are getting to people and is this money correct? Is this the same readout they have that you gave them? Um, but so, okay, the credit card thing is, is kind of interesting. So that kind of, I think that explained, I think that answered why when I saw earnings deposited after each order, because I was wondering, well, what, you know, could just be at the end of the day, but is it so that that just, it kind of clean, washes them back out? So that their credit, yeah. their credit cards back down, and you know, okay, now the next order we start over. And... Yeah, th th that's a great question. I think a couple of answers. I, I think one, just philosophically, our belief is we're we're really a tools provider for people that want to start their business. So if you are running a restaurant or you're opening any other kind of business, uh, if you take a payment. Uh, for a service that you're doing or something that you're selling, that payment should just go to your bank account uh, or, you know, go to your service. There's no need to be kind of holding it as a, as a middleman. Uh, and, and so the expectation is, is if you charge your client, then, uh, then the funds for the services you rendered should be available to you as quickly as possible. So, and then I think the second question is exactly, uh, you, you, you nailed it, which is, you know, when someone receives an order from a client, essentially what we do is we put money and we fund their 
their dumpling, we call it the boss card, um, so that they can now go and shop. And, you know, the really nice thing is it's a, it's a visa, so they can shop anywhere that uh, accepts a visa credit card. So that means that they're no longer, you know, uh, required just to go to the stores that, that there's a partnership already and do that. So that means business owners can go to farmers markets, local butchers, uh, seafood markets, as well as, of course, all of the big box stores uh, and name brands. Um, but yeah, so essentially we fund the, we fund the order, uh, fund their card. They get the grocery list either through the app or if the customer wants to give them the grocery list any other way, you know, maybe they're using a different app or they're sharing a list that they have in an email. They go to the store, uh, they, they purchase, you know, everything that their, their customer wants. Uh, and then when they deliver it, essentially, we handle all of the money and kind of all of the money moving after that. So we know that they spent $150, let's say, at, at Safeway. Um, we know what their shopping and delivery fee was and what the tip is. And so now we know exactly how much to charge their customers' credit card. Uh, and then we can kind of exactly what you said, pay off the, the money that we had funded the, the business owner. So kind of bring that down and take the money that goes to them for their service and, and do a direct deposit into their bank account. And typically we aggregate everything uh, and do one deposit at the end of the day. Uh, just to minimize the fees and the transfer fees. Right, exactly. And, um, and then their cards kind of refresh and they're ready to go for the next order. So, okay, let me let me ask you this then. So with the, I know we're in a pandemic, so it's a different year, but with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, let's say that, okay, but maybe let's go a year back, but pretend it's this year. <laughs> I don't know how to word this. <laughs> but let's say you have 20 people coming over and you are hosting Thanksgiving and it's going to be, a big ticket shop. Maybe they need you to go to five different stores and it's going to be $1,600. Yeah. Is that, is that all covered? Yeah. So that's, that's a great question. And so one of the things I, I think, and I'll definitely want to get to your answer, but maybe give a little bit more context uh, on, on uh, some of the other support that we provide our business owners. Cause I, I think one big element uh, of how we support someone and getting their business up and running is the technology that we're talking about and the funding. I think there's, there's a couple other elements that I think are just as important to the success of business owners, which are areas that we heavily invest in. Um, one of them is think of it as kind of back office support. So anytime you have a question, the credit card might not be working. Maybe you have a really big order and the amount of money that you need to go purchase it. You want to be able to actually talk to someone and get the help. And, and, and so one of the things that we're really proud about is we have business owner support that we have through kind of in-app chat, uh, in our, in our Bass app. Uh, and so there's, I think a lot of support. If we were to get, I think to, to answer your question directly is absolutely, we would be able to support that. I, I think in the same time, we would ask a lot of questions because we do want to help our business owners protect themselves from fraud. And let's say you might get an order that says, go get me a 50 inch TV. At, at Walmart from someone that you've never, you know, never done an order before. And so one of the things that we do is we do have limits, um, but if those limits are surpassed, um, the business owner can get in contact with us. We have an immediate response time of, you know, less than a minute, which I think our business owners really love compared to some of the experiences they have uh, with, with some of the other apps. And we talk through them and we ask questions. Do you know this person? Um, is this someone you shopped for before? How do you feel about this? Um, and we really kind of figure out, is this the thing that you need to say? Absolutely. This is a customer that I work with a bunch. You know, they told me last week they have family coming in. Hopefully they're being smart with social distancing and I'll put that plug in there and, uh, and everything. But, uh, you know, so I'm, 
I need an extra three, four, five hundred dollars to cover this. Uh, if they feel good with that and we talk through and we have our set of questions to help them kind of uncover whether it's a smart order or not, um, then we absolutely uh, support larger orders. And in fact, we have all kinds of business owners that do a myriad of different things from, you know, yacht provisioning, to, you know, down in, in South Florida uh, to people in Alaska that are doing crazy orders for, for uh, um, customers that come in and, and do like long, you know, uh, trips out into the wilderness and, and need all their supplies, sometimes even flown out. So and then everything in between with normal shopping and, and, and orders. Um, so we definitely support that and, you know, have a little bit of, of human touch uh, in the loop to help make decisions and walk through and, and counsel uh, business owners, especially newer ones that are maybe seeing some of these questions for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I would, ima- I would imagine once you get to know your client or your clients that what we just discussed becomes almost a mute point. Because if you've, if you've worked with them a couple times, probably start to know them and you get a way better read. Um so I know that it's building your own business. I know that it's, you know, it's up to them, just like it is with every business owner to build this business. But if somebody blindly shows up um, a client and wants to start using Dumpling because they're sick of Instacart, maybe an Instacart shopper told them how bad it was, um, and then they just kind of were thinking about it on a different day, forgot to get the person's info, when they go and search on the website or however they find you, um, I, I mean, I know you can go to the website and say, do find a shopper, but if, if they do that and put in their area code, then is it just people come up or is there, cause there's no ranking system. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So when we first started every, everything we did was about really helping empower the business owner uh, and really, Hey, how do you find clients? We have an entire coaching program made up of, uh, of just incredible um, people uh, that were themselves Instacart shoppers, came from the gig economy. They were early customers at Dumpling and built really successful businesses themselves. And we've invested in kind of an entire coaching program to match them with new business owners so that they can really help people um, find customers, price their services right. A lot of times, too, it's just about the mentality of, hey, you know, having confidence in yourself and, and being able to, like, talk about and sell your services and, you know, just a different transition from from the uh, from the gig economy model of kind of just being doled out orders and just going and doing them. And, um, and so certainly a big focus from the coaches and with the platform that we build is to really allow business owners the best way to go find their customers and sell their services, whether it's, you know, marketing on Facebook and social media to networking, uh, with the like local chamber of commerce or just going and talking to businesses. There's, there's a lot of different things that people can do to really build up their services. Um, and at the same time as dumpling has grown, and, and our brand has got out there and people are, I think, more familiar that, hey, there's an alternative now to Instacart. And I think also one of the things that's been makes us feel good and, and tells us that we're doing a good job and kind of heading down the right path is that I think we're also starting to build a brand of, hey, if you want to kind of ethically support your business owner, your shopper, and make sure that they're getting paid and treated uh, fairly, then Dumpling is a place that uh, you can go and find someone that's running their own business and and know that, that they're being taken care of uh, in the right way. And so as we've grown, we're starting to see more and more people that are actually coming to Dumpling first. They don't know who their personal shopper is. Um, 
but they know that they, they can come and find one. So whether it's just downloading the Dumpling app uh, or if it's going to our webpage at shop.dumpling.us, you can put in a zip code and then you can see all of the different business owners um, that that would deliver to your area. And, um, and so we do have a little bit of an algorithm there that looks at, you know, how many shops uh, people have done, obviously location, you know, kind of distance away from, from the zip code that you put in. And then obviously want to display a little bit of, of the reviews and the ratings um, because, you know, it's, it's actually really nice. So you can go in there, you can search, maybe you put your zip code in and there's 10 to 15 businesses that, that actually might support your area. And so you can go through and browse and, and, you know, What's really nice about we talked earlier at the top of the show was just like food is personal. Uh, and so you can what we really try to do is with the profiles that that people fill out is you know, and, and encourage them to talk about themselves and share. You know, was I you know, a lot? We have people that used to be chefs. We have people that specialize in, you know, different types of, you know, ethnic food shopping or, you know, dietary things or allergies. And so really getting a good feel. And then, of course, reading the reviews and the ratings um, and, and really kind of what, what's been nice is that customers can really kind of hone in on. I think this person would be a great fit for me uh, and give it a shot. And, uh, and more often than not, what we found is that that works out pretty well and there's enough information there to, to, to really kind of select and find someone that's going to work out really well for them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so yeah, that's, I think that the reviews and things like, because I was kind of wondering, like, so if I'm going to use Dumpling and I, that some guy that, um, I, re- that I, you know, crossed paths with delivering Instacart to me and let's say I'd given up on Instacart months ago but i was trying to remember this guy and i couldn't so i go to dumpling and i can't find him or whatever but i see all these other people i was trying to figure out you know i'm sure that they're all trying to make a go of their business and just being on this platform should tell you that they're the kind of people who are going to hustle for you and whatnot um but how would you pick i I was thinking how would you pick you know you know (laughs) like (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. It, it's a really good question. I think it's a little bit. I but mean, I think there's, you, there's I think, obviously. I think you kind of answered it too with saying, okay. you know, I mean, with, well, by saying like, you know, you got because I wasn't even thinking about th- that kind of thing. Like, you know, if they're in their profile, because that's a big part of businesses, is make sure that you your profile should, you know, list all the things about you that relate to what you're doing. Because if you are an allergy specialist, or if you, you know or a weight trainer, I, I, I can't even think of the number of things that there could be, you know, just there might be a specialist that might not be the closest shopper to you, but he might be the right one for you. you or or you she. got it. Yeah, no, you, you've got it. And we've got, that's an area that we really try to coach people on is, is this is your business. Uh, and the more you kind of put, you know, what makes you special and the things that you do, I think people, that profile really makes a difference. And, and, and so, uh, and, and what's great is that there's, you know, there's a million, there's not just one type of profile that people are looking for. You know, you got uh, a, you know, a ton of people out there looking for different things with different care abouts. And it, it's really neat to see kind of how that self-selection happens and, and how, how new people find kind of the perfect uh, shopper for that. Yeah. And I, and I like how you were mentioning local matters because uh, my mom, my mom lives up in Boulder and she uh, she's been involved heavily with the Boulder Independent Business Alliance for years, like keeping, you know, some of the bigger box stores out of Boulder, um, helping promote new businesses and all this kind of stuff. And 
it's the same type of thing that she does, you know, just trying to help the businesses and in your case, you know, the companies, the shoppers, but also the, you know, like we have a, a there's a place in my near my house in Denver that just does meats. It's an old school meat deli that opened up a couple of years ago. I'm sure that I can't get that through Instacart. Nice, yeah. You know, yeah, so it, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's like I think that's one of the areas that we've just seen people really love is that there are stores and and kind of the more local, uh, the harder it is. So you absolutely like a, a nice high end butcher um, that that people you know know exactly what they want. They want to support it. It's great, but to have the convenience of someone that you know and trust that can go there and get it for you. Um, and uh, maybe add that in addition to maybe some of the more kind of common things that you would typically get at a normal grocery store uh, and uh, and kind of really combine that all into one thing. What we what we saw, and kind of mentioned this before, is you know none of this works unless it's a better experience for the client. And uh, I think that there's clearly an element of, you know, just that consistency of knowing who the person that's going to shop for you is and trusting them. Um, that's a really big deal. Um, and I, I think the other thing that we see, though, is that if we look at the average spend on the first order across all the platforms versus the second order versus the third order, is you start to see that the amount that a client pays, spends on groceries, increases with their familiarity. And I think that that really talks a lot about grocery is, you know, if you look at the normal kind of grocery size that typically comes up on, you know, on all of these other grocery apps, it's, it's quite small. And I think what that means is, is that people feel comfortable ordering, you know, canned goods and Cheetos and kind of all of the non-perishables where it doesn't really matter. You know, a robot could pick it up and do that. But where they don't order and they don't feel comfortable is, is like, I don't know if I trust that person that I don't even know to pick the produce the way that I would want exactly. it. To get the freshest slice, you know, uh, uh, fish and to, to make a decision while they're there based on talking to the person saying, hey, what's, what's the best stuff right now or whether that's the meat. And so I think as they build that trust up, we start to see that they put more and more of their overall family's grocery spend into their weekly orders. And I think that's really where you start to see the value in this is, you know, instead of just getting half of my stuff and still needing to go out and getting the rest, now I actually truly have someone that I trust to do all of my shopping. Uh, and that's where it starts to get a lot more convenient. Um, and, uh, and I think the other thing too is, you know, when you talk about transparency and pricing, um, and, and I think this has really been documented well in the last six months to a year with the pandemic, unfortunately, what's happening with restaurants is I think people are now being a lot more aware of how much the kind of these hidden markups uh, in the apps, you know, so if something costs $10 at the store, you would never know that. And in the app, it just shows up as $12 and you're not realizing, wow, the, the app companies are making 20% here. Uh, and so I think that's the other big one is, you know, when uh, the very first message I got when, when I became an Instacart shopper, you know, three, three and a half years ago, when that first order came in and this was echoed across all the whole platform was, Hey, you got an order. Great. Remember, absolutely under no circumstance, don't give the receipt to the customer. Um, and we now know why is because that receipt would actually show there's quite a big difference between uh, what it costs in the store and what you're paying for it in the app. And, and so one of the big things that people love on this platform is that business owners, when they deliver their groceries, they also deliver the receipt and, and, and they know exactly what they're paying for. And the, and the, 
their shopper can get them, you know, all of the sales that might not be advertised or use coupons or, you know, buy one, get one free, all of the things, whatever you would get at the store if you were going in person is exactly what you're going to pay. And then you're going to know what you're paying your, your personal shopper for the service that they're providing you and what's going to them and what's going to the store. And I think that really when you add all of those things up, it makes a just a big difference. And, it, and I think it just goes to show that, you know, it does the, this kind of Uber for X model of, you know, just matching supply and demand and needing things immediately uh, doesn't really make sense to, to copy and, and things. And certainly we feel that way with groceries that most people don't need their groceries in one hour. And, you know, it's, Maybe you ran out of milk or some eggs and you're, you're baking something and you need that. But those, those aren't the types of orders that are meaningful to business owners and shoppers. You know, it, no. it's, it's actually kind of the bigger orders because you're going to the store, you're driving to the house. Um, and so if it's a bigger order, that I think is the chance for them to make more money and for that to feed them to make sense with the overall kind of grocery shopping. And so most people are fine knowing that their groceries are going to come every Wednesday or every Saturday morning. And, and when you can plan that out, with a person that you actually know and trust, we think it's just a much better experience uh, for clients as well. Yeah, no, it, it reminds me of uh, my son and I for uh, for a long time when I was trying to learn to cook. It actually did, but <laughs> we were using a sun basket, same type of thing. You know, you'd you know uh, where they delivered like three meals. Yeah, yeah, like um, I'm trying to think. Of, there's a there's 50 companies out there doing this, but. You know, it would always come on Wednesday, but you'd have to select three to five different meals exactly. or say you don't want any that week and just bow out. But then they'd deliver a sunbasket uh, um, box on my door, and in there is the ingredients to make each meal, but only the ingredients you need. So you're not going out yeah. and buying a bunch of basil you don't need. There's just enough to do what you need in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it just it, yeah. no it really helped to, for me to learn to cook, but also it it didn't bother me that it came on Wednesdays or whatever day I set. Yeah, you got a fridge. You got exactly, a, exactly. Put it there, yeah. So absolutely. Um, but so the so the one the other thing that I was noticing is I, I wanted to, I did want to talk about the three plans too. So the starter, the pro, the tycoon. So I, I know that one difference is the amount of credit cards. Um, and, I've, you know, I've looked at the, the one thing that I see missing that instantly must catch a lot of people's eye is the custom URL on the free account. So I know there's a 1999 setup, which is just a, a one-time thing, right? And that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but the custom URL, without that, how do they... <laughs> How did they yeah. conduct business? <laughs> yeah, well, so they still have a custom URL. Uh, okay. So we, we basically assign them a URL uh, when, that uses their name. And, you know, obviously if their name has already been used, it adds some numbers and things like that. So everyone, oh, everyone when they sign up, has their own unique name. It's it's the ability that if you were to, like, kind of change it to, to be branded for one of, you know, an example, we have uh, one of our very early uh, business owners is just incredibly successful. Uh, Kim Ricardo, her her grocery business is called uh, Grocery Queen down in South Florida. So her her URL is is Grocery Queen, um, and so it's just, it's just a further customization. But yeah, a- absolutely, everyone has their has a unique URL for themselves, and uh, and then there's just kind of some additional branding that that comes with the uh, some of the higher uh, um, plans. Right. So so. Pretty much. I mean, it looks like, you know, all the things are the, 
the you know the one the credit card the per account differs one two and five but then when you go down to payments it's um the credit card processing fee um because the platform fleet uh fee is five percent across all three yes um, so the credit card processing fee is 3.9 3.2 and then all plus 30 cents is that that's to, and it says applied yeah. uh, applied to the total order. Is that to the customer or to the? So that is to the business owner, the okay. credit card. And the, yeah, and so we look at it like the same. If you were to have a restaurant, if you were to have a store, and you take credit cards, right. um, when, when you accept a credit card, then you, you have, have to pay, pay that, that credit card processing fee. And so that, that really is kind of our mindset. Again, business owner, you're taking credit cards, you're doing charges. Uh, there's a fee associated with that. Uh, and then the other thing that we do, though, uh, with that, so that's almost exclusively goes straight to the credit card companies. Um, but at the same time, one thing that we that we learned during this kind of the, you know, our first year and a half of doing this was every once in a while, people do get fraudulent orders, especially like if, uh, if it's someone that they don't know, maybe it's coming in through the, um, uh, through the, the zip code search. And so it, it actually doesn't happen very often, but at the same time, it's something that's a little bit overwhelming and scary to think about, Hey, I'm going to start a new business. I might get an order and possibly someone's using like a stolen credit card and, Obviously, that would really suck to have to be liable for that. And so what um, what we did just kind of out of, of just listening, there's one thing that we really try to do a lot, too, is we have you know, a community over 2,000 business owners, and we've built this platform with their help and uh, with with just listening to them was that was a big concern. Uh, and so the other thing that we do with that, with the a little bit extra on that is it covers fraudulent orders. And so um, if that does happen and someone does, you know, have an order that came in with a, a credit card that was stolen or something like that, we, we now cover all business owners um, oh, okay. uh, to protect them with that. So that, so the, the credit card fee is really covers that and, and all of the fees that go to, to essentially the processing company. And then where we make our money is on a 5% platform fee uh, that the client pays uh, right. that gets uh, added to kind of all the purchases that are made with the credit card. So, and, um, okay. yeah, and after I was going to say, you know, one thing in, I should mention too is none of this works unless it's actually putting more money in the business owner's hands and the shopper's hands. So I think a stat that we're really proud about is kind of after the, you know, obviously after the, the processing fee, um, and, and, and the platform fee that comes to dumpling that across the entire platform, you know, those 2000 plus business owners in all 50 states, uh, the average earnings per order is over $35 uh, for business owners. And so that's that's where we're really excited to know that we're making a, you know, a big impact. And at the same time, um, we, we feel like it's an, it's in a really sustainable way that that works for the business owners and at the same time because there's not a hidden markup on the groceries and that is oftentimes the same price if not even lower than what people would typically be paying if they went through one of the other grocery apps I mean that all totally makes sense and uh, do the customers know that I mean again once you have a customer a client a couple times it's you, you're all good and everything's fine but that first order do they know? Do they see that tax so they know? Yeah, okay. absolutely, and that's yeah, and that's part of just tra our transparency is just showing, hey, you're you know the and and again, shopper we call them business business owners can set their 
their their pricing. And so they're going to set their shopping and delivery fee, and that can be a flat a flat fee or that can be a percentage based one. Um, and then they're going to get a tip, um, and they can set the defaults to a tip just like you would if you were kind of. Uh, configuring something to check out at a restaurant. And, and basically we say 100% of the shopping and delivery fee and the tip goes to the business owner, uh, less the, the credit card processing fee, of course. The platform fee goes to dumpling and everything that you pay for for groceries goes to the store or the restaurant if they're, if they're shopping at the restaurant. And we put that right at checkout, uh, so that everyone knows and, and feels good about where their money's going. It all makes sense. So now I'm guessing that the pro level two CCs and or two credit cards and the tycoon with five, I'm guessing that that is because it's your business. If you want to have other shoppers. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We, and this, this is, this is a pretty cool thing because when we started, we're like, Hey, it's all about the solopreneur, the individual person. Um, if we can get them successful, man, what a wonderful, what a wonderful feeling. And you know, great business model for us too. We're excited about that. What we've started seeing over the past three to four months is that some people have been really successful, uh, and and their customers, you know, obviously are so happy with them, and then they're referring their shopper, and all of a sudden they're like, "I'm tapped out. I yeah, I can't do any more orders." Uh, but I would love to. I'd love to keep running with this and make a more successful business. So we started getting a lot of requests of. How do I hire someone else? Or we have a lot of husband and wife teams uh, or, you know, a couple teams. And, right, so, and that's, so that's the pro level. Yeah. So so that was one of the big things that we wanted to be able to support was, you know, adding multiple cards uh, to that account. And obviously, I think in one of the areas where where we'd like to, we're not there yet. Um, but as, you know, a business owner maybe hires a, a someone to come in and work, maybe they don't want them to see all of the exact same information and ability. So uh, kind of how do we how do we kind of have different permissions for different people? Uh, so that's kind of one of the areas. But really cool to see that that was a, a pretty common request uh, that we're starting to see from our successful business owners is help me keep growing. And uh, we definitely want to be able to support them. Look, I could see that. I could see somebody who's doing really well, and like you said, just gets way overwhelmed, especially in the pandemic right now. And yeah, you know, they have a couple friends who maybe their business shut down or they're out of work, and they're like, "Hey, can you help me out a little bit?" And then it starts working out, and they're like, well, "You know, maybe you need to work with me." <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. maybe they don't need to start their own. Maybe they're just happy working with them. So I can see where that where yeah. all that would go. And, I mean, this model seems, you know, it just seems so night and day. Like if somebody was going to do their first Instacart order because they heard of it, and I feel like in a paragraph I could write up Instacart and you right now, and I would be shocked if anybody chose Instacart. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, you just be like, you know, it rips, it rips you off, it rips the driver off, the shopper, it does this. I mean, it, I couldn't yeah. even write a nice paragraph on them so because <laughs> i know because i know a lot of instacart shoppers who have who have given me the breakdown too and it's just not pretty but um yeah i mean this is this is exactly how you know i would think a lot of a lot of gig companies need to move to because there's you know there's changes and uh there's changes not just in in some of the laws and some of the um, you know California AB five and all that, but just in the in the mentality of gig workers too. Like you know they get fed up or and this kind of lays it out again as your own. It's your business. Yeah. You know it's real. It's you got you got to work it. You know you got to make it work. Yeah. And uh, 
And that, that, made, that, that had me really want to segue at least a little bit. I know I, I asked you if we could do this and, uh, into, into Dumpling Drive. Yeah. Just, I, yeah I'm, so, I'm just looking for whatever you want to say about sure. it at this point. Yeah, no. So I, I think one of the things that we've seen and we you know what we've believed is that this model that, that we're trying to build and this kind of this idea of, Hey, for services where the person matters, um, if we can, you know, build the tools, the support, the training, the funding to allow people to be successful and to grow a business that's really kind of where their um, where their individual kind of work is valued and, and the relationship is important, you know, we're going to be in a good spot. And certainly, we're starting with grocery because of for all the reasons that we talked about. You know, it, I think food is personal. We've been working with you know Instacart shoppers across the country for you know a year, and it just made there's a lot of repeat purchases. But we believe the model works. You know, anywhere where the person matters. So you can you can imagine. Um, uh, all kinds of things where, where someone's in your house. And so like, do you want someone different coming into your house? If it was maybe something like cleaning or uh, doing laundry or dog walking and all of those things where kind of the traditional models, certainly there's on-demand apps that do that, but whether it's a random person or whether it's a huge kind of 30, 40% that gets taken out of the equation by the app company. So there's just this kind of constant desire to move things out. Uh, we think that the model, it works really well for, for other places. And we started seeing that just with our own grocery shoppers um, and business owners is that they established relationships with the, the people that they were shopping for. And as soon as that relationship was there, the people would say, Hey, you know, when you, uh, when you deliver my food, could you maybe come in and put it away and, um, and possibly like maybe clean the house or take the dog for a walk or do this. Other. So we are constantly getting requests from business owners. Can I add different types of services? Um, and one of those services uh, that we'd hear a lot about is like personal driving. And at first, you know, it was a little counterintuitive because, you know, you think a lot about the, the ride share space and so much of it is um, in our heads about I'm coming out of the bar two in the morning and I just what's the closest car and and I need that to get home or you know something like that and this is kind of instant matching of someone that's close with with where I am and obviously that we don't think that that makes sense because so much of what we're doing is about you know it's the, the individual person and it's scheduled ahead of time um, but what we realized was is we think that there's a subset definitely not all ride share but a good amount of subset of rides where the person really matters. Um, so you can imagine if it's something that just is a reoccurring. So possibly it's a, a daily commute where I'm getting picked up at the same time every single day uh, and I'm being taken to work. Or it's a, I have a doctor's appointment and I know, you know that that's next Wednesday so I can schedule it. Um, or uh, maybe it's I have my parents that live across the country and they need help getting to a doctor's appointment. And I really want to know who's that person that's going to show up at their house, pick them up and, you know, take them to the doctor's uh, appointment or possibly grocery shopping. Um, and same thing to be said for like, are they a good driver? Do I enjoy the conversation? I think one thing that was, is cannot be underestimated is in this era of COVID and this pandemic that we're having is whose car am I getting into? And more important, just as important as if I'm a driver, who's getting into my car? Um, it'd be really nice to know like the, the, the people that I'm driving and are doing that. And so, you know, really what we, what we did is we said, let's, let's try it out. Certainly uh, we're going to do a small beta 
uh, we're going to kind of take the same idea of what are the tools that people need uh, to be able to kind of start their own uh, personal driving business, um, to be able to kind of schedule, um, you know, to give their clients a way to request a ride and schedule, uh, to give drivers slash business owners a way to, um, you know, put in what their pricing is and to define how much they want to get uh, paid for a for a for a job and for a drive, and to give them the tools uh, to start to do that. And and you know, I think grocery has its list of all things that we need to work on. You know, to, to make people successful, whether it's building a grocery list or funding the money. And and certainly, I think rideshare has the same thing. Of there's you know very specific things. So we we started to do is we started to work with a small group of, of drivers um, where we did the same thing. Of here's a here's an app for you to manage your business and set your rates and you know name your business and do all those things. And here's an app for your clients to be able to schedule and book rides with you. Uh, and then, so you know, they, we they also have know, to they have to yeah. be independent of one another. Your profile, yeah. So they are. So right now, and this is how we started out with, with grocery as well. Is right now the the small group of drivers that we're working because um, we also want to make sure that we're doing it in the right way. And so there's a subset of drivers, obviously. Uh, that, that have the right licensing and have the right insurance. Right. Uh, and that that's obviously a much smaller group than all rideshare drivers out there. And so and typically you look at like things like Uber Black or, you know, people that have other businesses that are already doing this um, to say, hey, we, we want to help legitimize that business and give you tools that are going to make you more successful. And we're going to learn along the way uh, what what you need, how it works. And, um, and so, yeah, so basically the way it works today is, our focus is totally on the business owner and then giving them the stuff where they can, you know, helping them say, here's how you would find customers or here's how you promote your business and here's the app. But yeah, there's no way today for someone like we talked about in shopping to come in and put a zip code search and find another business owner. Today, the, the driver would need to actually find and invite the client to, to, to use the app and connect with their business. You know, um, at me as a driver, I get asked all the time that same question that you said about shoppers. How do I get yeah. you again? Even though they know it's Uber, they can't. But like I, even if they forgot to ask and I felt like we had a good rapport during the ride, and if I was doing dumpling uh, drive, I would absolutely say, hey, you know, you can always get me now. Like, I would I would feel good enough to say that. I know you're not supposed to be poaching while working, but you know what? So is life. <laughs> yeah, and you, and, and you talked about, you mentioned it before. It's like there's the advertised 30% of, of the fares going to the driver, and then there's the reality sometimes that can be a significantly higher amount. Um, and so if you have your own customers and you have your own, uh, people and you know ahead of time, and this is, this is where we've seen with, you know, with, uh, you know, we have one driver that's in Baton Rouge, um, long time Uber and Lyft driver, right? Uh, and, uh, what he's done is he's built a clientele. He's got about four to five just regular customers. And it's amazing. He takes a, you know, a, a dad and his son to school every day where he picks them up, takes the, it takes them both to school and then brings the dad back home. He has a, a nurse that he picks up at 5.30 every morning and takes her to the hospital. Uh, he has another lady that he takes, you know, does her daily commute to, to work and back. It's He just loves it because he knows every single morning 
where he needs to be at, for his first drive. He knows exactly where he's going, where he's going to finish. He doesn't have to ch- chase the kind of the density bubble. Um, and uh, and everything's kind of head time. And, and I think really, especially with COVID and everything like that, these are people that he feels really comfortable having in his car. Um, and that makes a big difference. So we think that there's something really there. We also know, um, you know, that, that we're trying to take it slow and, and, and learn. And that one of the things for this to go um, – kind of at a, at a greater scale and for it to, to work for a, a greater number of ride shares is that licensing is really important, right? Staying compliant and legal um, commercial insurance is also really important. And those are things that are hard. Uh, it's, it's really hard for an individual to go out and get the right, you know, TPC license or the right, you know, insurance. And so one of the things that we're thinking about moving forward, you know, just like we want to help out with all of the things that you would need to have your own successful grocery delivery businesses, what are the things that you would need to have a safe and, you know, good way of building a, a personal driving business? And are there things that we can do? similar to what we're doing with grocery to make that more accessible and easier for the average Uber and Lyft driver to have that and to, to safely and responsibly start their own business. And so those are definitely things that we're looking at moving forward. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day that the thing that's consistent across it is, is the person matters. Um, people want that relationship. Um, people want to work with someone that they trust. And, and our belief is that if you're building your business and you're, you know, grinding every single day and you're giving the support that people need and working your butt off, then you should be the one that's making most of that money. And you should also benefit from, you know, repeat clients and ability for, for the people that you're doing a good job for to refer you and to schedule you again. And, and that really is where, where a business owner is really going to be able to build that wealth and, and, and make a profitable business out of what they're doing. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I, I mean, I do that now because Denver, being centrally located in the United States, it's a it's a town that you know for it has so many aspects. But a lot of um, pilots live here, um, so we you know I have a few pilots who use me. They're like, hey, whatever, you know, can you take me? Can I just call you? And I've I've just given out my phone number. Are you sure? Yeah, you know, I hate doing this. I hate having to go around the system, but they created the, the corrupt system. So, I mean, I'm just trying to do everybody a favor. It's like these pilots have had enough drivers. They haven't liked some, but they've also learned from ones that they do like how much Uber and Lyft take. And yeah. they just have been like, hey, wow, they take 50, 60% sometimes. And then they get yeah. a driver like me that they like, and they say, now they're thinking, we know how much you only make half of this. You know, so, hey, can we just work out something? Yeah, of course. Exactly. And and for them, it's just a better experience. It's like I, I think people are really motivated to, um, to obviously have you have more money. But if it was something where it wasn't a better experience for them, then maybe they would be a little bit less motivated. So the fact that they know you. They trust you the way you drive. They probably enjoy the conversation. Uh, I think it's just a better experience for them than to randomly have someone that they may or may not like. They might not like the car, you know. Uh, and so that consistency makes a lot of sense for uh, for customers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I could I could have been cherry-picking all six years. I didn't know that it was going to keep going this way, you know. Like six years ago, like I said, there was a lot of money. The surging was crazy. But that's when they were still trying to just bring people in. You know, like overflow, and it was before the overflow, you know, when not enough drivers were on the road. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's the challenge, right? You see kind of a lot of these models, which is there's there's so much 
venture funding, there's so much pressure to just get market share, right? So it's like, hey, we'll pay people whatever we need to pay to, to get the, the, the amount of kind of, uh, the supply side going. Um, and they don't care about kind of the, are we profitable or are we not? Right. And, but then as these companies mature and maybe they're starting to look at like IPOs and different things, it's like, Oh wow, we're not, we're not profitable yet. So we need to squeeze and inevitably who's going to get squeezed right. uh, and, and <laughs> what's going to get taken away. And so that's, that's really our belief is like, Hey, why be dependent? You know, I think up to now it's been well, the, the only way to do this work is to, to sign on as an independent contractor with these apps because they're the ones that have the technology. They're the ones that kind of make it possible. And and really, I think our, our what we're, you know motivates us every day as a team is, hey, let's let's democratize that. Let's give people the technology they need, the funding they need, the support they need to go out and do it on their own. And then be also free from kind of the the whims of, hey, we're going to cut pay today or we're going to try something else and just kind of take control of, of your gigs, build your business. And I think it's just going to work out really well. And uh, I think it's something that, you know, as this as the overall ride share or grocery delivery or home care, all of these things inevitably are going to continue to grow and and more and more people are going to enter into the market as as a as a way to service them. I think giving giving people a way to really build like a respectable and good uh, livelihood out of it and, and a safe one that can't just be yanked away from them at any time is is going to really I think ultimately make the, the industry more successful. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree. Is there is there in, a, in just a nutshell? I know this could be a loaded question, but is there a way that or potential that down the road dumpling drive and dumpling merge to a singular profile for people? That's a great question. I, you know, that's certainly something. No, it's it, it is fair. It's certainly something we've discussed, um, and, and so I think uh, I could see it. I, we could definitely see it somehow ending up that way, or, or possibly are they different enough? But but certainly it's a possibility. But like, uh, like let, but let's think, let's pick on Matthew yeah. for a minute, just because I like Matt. You like Matt. <laughs> um, but like he 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 loves doing the groceries and all this, but he'd be willing to give rides. So. Wouldn't he like to have the rideability on his profile for the people he knows as opposed to those people going, well, I like Dumpling, so I'll just go to Dumpling Drive and find a driver? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, and I think that's, you know, that that's one of the things that could be really exciting to help people grow their business, too, is, you know, so many people that we're working with that, that are doing grocery delivery have a different hustle that they got going on, whether it's driving, whether it's um, – you name it, grow, you know, uh, a laundry pickup and things like that. And so if you, if, if you kind of have someone coming in from grocery and they like you, you know, it's like obviously anyone that's like working with Matthew and having like Matthew shop for them is, is going to fall in love with them. And so, and, and if they're in the app and say, whoa, he's got all these other things, it's, it's what a beautiful way to kind of cross promote your business. And so definitely I think, you know, our, our mindset is, what can we do to help business owners be more successful? Um, and, uh, and I think that is one cross promoting business, I think. And, uh, and ultimately, you know, connecting people from one area to another makes a lot of sense. And so definitely something that we'd be considering. Uh, I, I, I knew, I knew that was a loaded question. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I know that you guys are still, I, I know you're still beta and working out the kinks and stuff. I was just curious if that was, if that was in the discussion, but obviously it is, and you're just having figured out where that discussion's going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got it. You got um, it. But yeah, really appreciate you coming on. Um, 
we really we've been we've been looking forward to this and we really wanted to get i want to get the word out there to people because if they're I get people hitting me up sometimes who, you know, email me about the podcast or from uberliftdrivers.com who say that, you know, what was that company you were talking about? Dumpling? Are they like Instagram? I mean, like they literally don't know, but they've heard of you. Huh. And I and I tell them, well, I mean, maybe they're not on social media as much or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? As some people. So they even more than heard of you. They've read an article on uberliftdrivers.com and they heard maybe Matthew and I having an interview and then I got some emails, you know, like, is this dumpling thing live? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's, what did he, he just say? He just said it's a job. You know? <laughs> um, but I do, well, I appreciate, we really, yeah, I really appreciate do appreciate the opportunity to, yeah, to I mean, talk about it. I like, I like having, I like having the businesses that are good on the show because, you know, it's, this is this is part of the change of the gig economy. Um, with that said, is there final words or anything that you have? Or no, not too much. You know, enjoyed the conversation. And, yeah, so and, did I. Know, appreciate appreciate the chance to be on the show, and you know, keep doing what you're doing. I, I enjoy the show, and uh, and it's great. Yeah, it's great to be on. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Joel, and uh, we'll stay in touch. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Again, thanks to Joel for coming on the podcast this week. That was a that was a really informative, great uh, conversation, I think. And uh, yeah, um, hopefully, if if you were listen if you listened already and you were listening, you've already deleted your Instacart app and uh, put Dumpling in its place because there is no reason to be feeding the meter at Instacart with there being an option like Dumpling. Um, support your local people. Uh, I mean, I think that was one of the themes through the whole thing. You know, these are people who are actually building businesses. Um, it's very straight up the company on how what they take, and it's it's more than fair. Um, you know, it's it's actually what I would call an extremely good business model. So, um, two thumbs up, double aces. Uh, you know, I don't know what else to say. Um, I will never use Instacart again. Um, Period. Um, so hopefully some other people have found that. And hopefully um, any of you rideshare or other gig workers out there, uh, you know, think about dumpling. It's out, it's out there and uh, it's growing, you know. I know that we could only touch into the rideshare sector portion, but even that's something that they're touching into. So, and again, they're in a beta mode. So, I mean, they're learning too. But, um, but the grocery portion, I mean, I'm more than sold. Joel, Joel explained it in every way that I hoped he would and that I kind of felt about it already, but, um, yeah, get out there and vote people. Uh, we're over an hour, so I got to call it a wrap. I will see you back here next week on the ride share rodeo. Peace.